Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week, a fundraiser, cancer survivors, PennDOT and Beth Burkhaus, director of the nonprofit Hexagon Project, along with Lisa Temples, art teacher at Riverside Junior Senior High School and owner of Little Hands Big Art Scranton, about the Hexagon Project. When we talk about something artistic, sometimes people say, oh, I don't get it. But in the case of Beth and Lisa today, there's so much about the Hexagon Project that right now is so visually artistic, you can't help but get it. Beth, explain what exactly the Hexagon Project is. Thank you. Uh, yes, the Hexagon Project is an international project about how we are all interconnected and how we can see ourselves not only as as local or uh, regional but and national but also international citizens because the hexagon was developed as a, a shape is a little bit unusual uh, the hexagon is called a tessellation it is meant to infinitely interconnect so uh, when I became involved with the interdependence movement, which is uh, something that's been in existence since the, the day after 9-11, actually, to uh, emphasize the fact that we are not just local but global citizens and to create a more just and civil society everywhere. I thought that the hexagon would be a very good metaphor for this visually. So we're talking about visual art. It's also something that is motivational to uh, young people. Our, our project is open to all citizens everywhere, but I'm a, an art educator, and so my job was to think, uh, to be involved with the interdependence movement. How could I make this a visual arts project? How could it become motivational to students everywhere? So uh, the hexagon is used in which you create art that about things that are relevant to you personally, in your life. And believe it or not, we're, we have connections everywhere. We have connections that start with ourself and asking ourselves about our own identity, a personal identity, and then how are we connected to the people around us and what are the issues that are involved with us. Bullying is often a very uh, important issue with young people today. And so we've connected to young people, communities, um, uh, schools, high schools throughout the world, and people use the hexagon as the space in which they talk about 
their issues and how, not only how they are, but what can we do about them? But you created this. And yes, I developed this as an outcropping uh, from the interdependence movement, which was started by Dr. Benjamin Barber and our own uh, local advocate for the arts and culture and society in general, uh, Sandra Myers. So she asked me to become involved in it, and, and I uh, developed this visual arts right after I um, retired from 35 years of teaching art education in the public schools. So I thought this was a very relevant way of going about getting young people involved with thinking about how they're connected, thinking about their rights and responsibilities. So we, a lot of times we talk about our rights, but what about our responsibilities in an interconnected world? What are the issues? What are the human rights, the civil rights, the children's rights? What are, what are issues in governments? And that's governance, which is very, um, I think it, we're acutely aware of uh, in these times. It's quite what, a way to, to really start discussions. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and this allows teachers to talk about the variety of themes that we, that involved, are involved with interdependence, our environment. Uh, is extremely important today. So, uh, yes, and teachers can have students select the themes that they they love, that they're connected to, that motivate them, and they can. We we really want students to do research, not just put down. Which at the beginning, you know, it was like peace, love, la la la. You know, it was like really cute kinds of things like that, but. On and on, we are digging deeper. We're asking, we even have curriculum on our website that teachers can use. We have PowerPoints, we have downloadable templates, we have uh, materials that can, uh, they, they, they actually brainstorming sheets and materials that teachers can take in their hands, they can give to their students so they can think about these things in more depth. Um, our theme this last year was transforming conflict. And on our website, we actually have uh, a guidebook where you can download and then have students thinking about, okay, what are the issues? But how can you solve them? How can you get together as a team and come up with some solutions to these issues? Let's talk to Lisa. Because sure. Lisa's involved with all of this at Riverside Junior Senior High School. So you're dealing with students that Beth is putting the idea in their heads to create something. We all know that's a tough age group. Tough age because group. Because as, as Lisa said, it's all la la la. Right. It's it's so how do you get into these other things? Well if you're talking about conflict, um and you're talking about it like in a in, you know, something that's happening in another part of the world, if their eyes just kind of stare at you because they're like, this is art, what are we doing this for? You have to sort of Bring it in where, okay, conflict in this classroom, in your grade, with your friends, with your peers, in the lunchroom. I know there's conflict because I, I'm working here with you kids and I, I hear all the, you know, the chatter. And there's fights, right? We know that. So let's, let, let's, let's stop this and let's kind of put it down on a piece of paper or on a canvas or on a fabric or, you know, with a piece of clay. And let's sort of like get it out there. And then... First of all, keeping their hands busy is a great thing, and their minds are thinking. And then they can work through some of their issues through their art. And you see it. You know, I had a student that uh, lost a sibling um, by suicide. And 
it was a big, big hole in the student's heart. They, it just doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. A couple of years, a couple of it. No, it's, it's something that's always there. And I knew this, and I said, well, why don't you, you know, with this tree that you're doing, like, maybe put a little symbol of this sibling in the tree. And it, it was like nothing else mattered. This was now the most important thing that this student had ever had to do, was work on this piece of art. And it was amazing to me to just see, like, how they just don't think that they could do things like that. But if a teacher can guide them and direct them, then that's what's most important. So and that's as, a, just a conflict in his own, you know, in the student's mind. And as Beth mentioned, the whole idea of bullying, oh, bullying, yeah. suicide, these are tough things yeah. to bring into an art room. Well, these are the things that are, you know, bothering the students, and the bullying is a very big one. We did um, some ceramic ones a couple of years ago, and a lot of the themes were bullying and um, cyberbullying, because kids, you know, it's not just like calling names in the hallway. It's something that even we don't see because we're not on the, their, their website or whatever their, their apps are that they use to communicate <laughs> there's with. Too many. <laughs> so there's so many levels that as a teacher, we only can see what we can see, but they still have these issues and they need to have a place where they can feel safe to talk about them. And then if they can create a piece of art, Oh, yeah, right. Well, we have we have one here, and again, since we're not, unfortunately, mm-hmm. television, <laughs> we, um, we, we will give you a little bit of a, where did this come from, Lisa? Is this from uh, This class? is not from my yeah. student, but it's just another issue about self-esteem, right? right? It's, it's uh, Union, Endicott, Union Endicott High School up in New York State, and this is about body image, mm-hmm. and this is about uh, a, measuring a measuring tape, tape. that's ultimately, it's, it's a hexagon, it's more than a hexagon, it's a book, it's, it's a... Uh, hexagonal uh, accordion folded book uh, that's hexagonal and the the young lady is being uh, actually choked by this measuring tape because it's uh, body image is such a anorexia such such an issue and and she's explaining this visually to us and it's a very very powerful Powerful. piece it's on black with uh, you know white uh, mark marks that are somehow partially erased, and the final image is with her head with this almost like a noose around her neck with the measuring tape. These are the kinds of things that come out from students. I wanted to tell. It's like art therapy when you create a piece of art like it, this. Yeah, it's, it gets it out. It's also a statement, uh, a taking a stand on something and then knowing that your work is going to be seen by others and your work fits into a bigger picture. Right. And you're that, not alone. That, no, other you're not alone. Going through, going there's a, there's a lot of things uh, that are about suicide prevention, you know, the hotline. A lot of students are creating. There was a fifth grade student this year who did a piece about uh, abuse, the ch- child abuse. And it was so, uh, it just brought tears to my eyes. It was very primitively drawn, but it's about a child who says, Mom and Dad, if you're angry, there are things you can do to help. And the and one of them, this little child is saying, stop and wait. Don't lash out. Mm-hmm. Secondly, go to therapy. I mean, this is what these kids But this are is what these kids are coming about. to school. Right. They're they're not coming home to a calm environment. They're coming to school with a lot of baggage and then put that with the student stuff going on with their friends and it's just 
a lot of stress and anxiety for these poor kids. And see, now there's there there may be people that are listening and they're saying, oh, we're you know we're we're dealing with uh, you know these abstract things, but it's not only abstract that you're dealing with. You Absolutely. you were telling me that you were working with the uh, the folks who are in EP- mine reclamation. Yes, yes, EPC AMR. Uh, we have a partnership uh, with them. Uh, through Wyoming Sem, uh, the science teacher there. And they have, they spent last year, uh, one of their environmental groups uh, at um, Wyoming Sem worked with Bobby Hughes. They went out, they explored the acid mine uh, problems. Uh, Some of the kids, by the way, were from China. And they also have the same problem. So we made a connection internationally there. They created hexagons about everything that they learned. Uh, Now that's going to become a banner that EPCMR will be able to use with the artwork inside of hexagons about, oh, just the Knox mine disaster, uh, illustrations of what happens with different types of uh, the water pollution. And it was painted with pigments uh, from the iron oxides that actually they're recycling the iron oxides that create this uh, toxic water. So all of these things are tied in science and the history. arts and the environment, the history. It's they learned about the Knox mine disaster. And you can see that even our, our postcard has that one hexagon on it. So you can, and so others can learn. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Lisa, do you have that opportunity? I know in, in maybe in dealing with some of the, uh, the teachers in your school, do you have science teachers? Do you have, you know, even math? Math yeah. is a big hexagon. Well, that is definitely a goal for my district. We, we <laughs> definitely want to work together with other all the teachers, you know, come together. Like, that. that's an excellent lesson. It's on the uh, website, your website. Yes. yes. And it is... We no, have. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to. Add, I just wanted Lisa to continue a little bit, and maybe while you're here, give the invitation to some of the other students and teachers in other districts other than Riverside, and maybe they can get involved in this as well. It's really. It's not that difficult. We're doing. We're doing it right now. We just. It's just a different way of doing it. Okay. We're teaching these things. We have the materials and. We just need to come together, and I think it would be super successful. The kids will learn so much. They'll also feel a unity between the teachers, and, you know, if they work on something that has, you know, double double benefits, right, my science and my art, my family consumer science and my history, whatever. It yeah. just seems to, like, bring it all together. It's almost practicing what we preach. We're talking about how we're all interconnected and we all need each other. Well, schools should feel the same way. And it does. And the students don't have to come from China. You can have some students from Luzerne County to Lackawanna County, exactly. and find out that everybody is truly interconnected. Mm-hmm. Beth, again, give us a little bit of of uh, how people can get in touch with you, okay. um, especially if we can get some other uh, school districts, even students, even teachers, just involved. Our venue this year is at Stories Literacy Center, and I'm hoping that we're going to be able to bring some teachers together. We're working on that with uh, IU19 to uh, get together and plan, uh, and that would be through uh, the language arts. But we're on, we have our website, which is hexagonproject.org. You can go there, and everything is free. You can download all the materials for free. 
uh, and print them out and use them in your classroom. You can get in touch with me also through the website. Uh, anytime, I'm happy to talk with teachers about this. Uh, we are available for that. And, um, uh, you know, uh, we what, just created our own hexagon here today by bringing you in, we, by letting you talk did. on the yeah. air, and, and being able to bring your ideas now to our listeners. You'll see art from kids all over the world. And it is so inspiring, and it, it's just amazing to see something, kids from Africa and all over the world, and all hanging up in Scranton. It's, it's exciting. It always, it, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to change the title of this program to Who Knew? <laughs> yeah, we, I wanted to mention very quickly, too, our uh, our theme. We're, we're going to be unveiling our theme for, ne for next year. This year was Transforming Conflict. Uh, next year's theme is diversity in any way that you would like to interpret that. So we're excited about uh, initiating that. Uh, also, uh, this year for the first time, our website we have redesigned, and every work that has been entered into the project, and this year it will be over 600 works of art from around the world, uh, will be in an online gallery on our website. So anyone can go to the website and search. You could search Africa and we'll bring up the hexagons from Uganda or Nigeria. You can search Australia and bring up those hexagons. So you can see, you can search by grade level. So you can find uh, find out what people are saying throughout the world, plus our own country. Um, and we have them from, you know, the East Coast to the West Coast to California. So that's very exciting for us to introduce our diversity theme and to invite people to our exhibit and then also to go online and check our online gallery. Thanks again to Beth and Lisa for joining us. And don't forget, you can log on to hexagonproject.org for more information. Now, don't go away. James May, Regional Director with PennDOT, is joining us next to talk about what else? Northeast Pennsylvania Roadways on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. James May is the Regional Press Director for PennDOT. He's joining us now to talk about what else construction and PennDOT wants your opinion. I'll tell you how you can make your opinion known after we talk to James. When there's not construction or there's not work being done on the roads, then the complaint becomes, hey, why aren't you out doing any work? Why aren't, am I not seeing my road fixed? Why am I not seeing any improvements made to the area? And then when there is, why are you out doing construction? Why are you out tying up my road? Why are you out? And um, We're not happy. Many times people will say to me, why don't you do this work at night? And, yes. and the, the example I give is on Kaiser Avenue a couple years ago, um, we started getting hammered by the, the local businesses out there saying, you know, you're tying up my, my business. People can't get here. Why don't you do this work at night? And so we went back to the contractor. We said, can you start doing this work at night? And they did. They started working on Kaiser Avenue at night. The following Sunday at church, a lady pulled me aside and said, why are you working at night? I live on Kaiser Avenue. I can't sleep out there. I live in those apartments, and it's keeping me up at night. And uh, I just laughed. I felt kind of <laughs> rude because I was laughing with her. And I said, oh, this is so funny because for the last two months, all I've heard is, why can't you do this work at night? And now we do it on a Friday, and on, by Sunday morning, people are pulling me aside and say, why are you doing the work at night? So, so you can't win. Sometimes. I was just uh, telling somebody recently that, 
In real life, though, people are very kind in this area. People always assume that in my position that I just, you know, people walk up to me in the store and they're rude and they're, they're not. In real life, it's the people who can be anonymous in a Facebook post and have total anonymity. In real life, the people around here are very kind and understanding. They may not always agree with everything that takes place, but as far as to me and to the department, they, they don't understand, they may not agree with it, but by and large, people are very kind in this area. So what can people do? Yeah, and so I always view my role as in part as much as possible helping the public understand the rationale for what is happening and why it's happening and sometimes it's just an issue of okay people don't under they, they didn't know that that was the case they didn't fully understand and they said I don't understand why the um, when you move into a single lane pattern you know it'll be three miles back that the traffic is three miles back before you get to the construction why is that so long and I told the caller I said well because we live in an area where you have hills and valleys and curves and turns um, you have to get it back far enough where you have good sight distance so that when a truck is coming at 70 miles an hour up over the hill or some other drivers coming up on their cell phone and they're not paying attention, they don't smash into the back of the, the traffic that stopped. And he said, hmm, that actually makes sense. I never thought of it that way. So part of my job is to try to help the public understand the rationale for why, why things happen. Other times... The public has a lot of good ideas, and other times the public will bring stuff to our attention that, quite frankly, we did not know. There's sort of this assumption that PennDOT, because we are the government, that we have eyes and ears on everything, and we know that when the grass in that intersection in Shikshini on you know, a certain road is too high and you can't see around it, that somehow we know that, or that when the, the, you know, every time it rains on a dirt road up in Susquehanna County that we know it's overflowing and the, and the drainage isn't working properly, or there's a dead deer out there. So when you have those kind of situations, you can always call 1-800-FIX-ROAD. It varies a little bit with cell phones, but that should take you directly to the county or they can transfer you to the county and you can report that information. You can also email me. My email is jamay at pa.gov, jamay at pa.gov. And I love it when the public comes up with creative answers and solutions, um, different ideas. The, the one example that always comes to mind is uh, the airplanes on the and, roundabout. And which uh, need to be replaced, by th the way. They do. And they so, you know, and we knew yes. that when we went in, we knew the issue with that would be that as the snow plows go over those, they will wear down. And But that entire idea came because there was a lady in Archbald. She called and she had a great idea. And that was, hey, why don't you guys paint airplanes on, on the roundabouts? And um, that was one of those ideas that as soon as I got done talking with her, I said, I love this, took it to the, the bosses at PennDOT and got them to buy in on the idea. We hear all the time, PennDOT would be so much better if you would just listen to the public, if you would actually, you know, take take calls from people. And because the public has a lot of ideas, listen to us and, and do what we... <laughs> so when we listen to the public, they say you shouldn't have to listen to the public. And when we don't listen to the public, they say you should listen to the public. So, well, you know well, what? We, we listen to the public and we don't think of everything. Well, and speaking of which, you cover what area? We cover six counties in northeastern Pennsylvania, Lackawanna, Luzerne, Pike, Susquehanna, Wayne, and Wyoming County. So those are the six counties that I sp specifically work with. That's District 4 in northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, there's, there, there's 11 districts across Pennsylvania, numbered 1 through 12, and um, there's, there's no District 7. It was combined a few years ago. And so it, we're all divided up in different districts across the region. So you rely on other people. And just in that district that I said, those six counties, there are 8,500 what we call snow lane miles. So a snow lane mile means Interstate 81 is two lanes that have to be plowed, um, you know, a, a, 
in each direction, so that would be four snow lane miles. If you would take all of the miles and just stretch it out, it would go just in District 4, it would go from here to Anchorage, Alaska, and back. So that's the amount of miles, though, so that when we, and I always use that analogy, especially in, in the snowstorms, when somebody says, I haven't seen a snowplow go past my house, um, one, I can, now we can go on the 511 system and actually see, and many times they are going past the house much more than people realize, but it's snowing as soon as, you know, right behind the snowplow. But I also say, keep in mind that the crews are covering the distance from here to Anchorage, Alaska, and back. That's the just in our district is the amount of miles. So, yes, we don't have our eyes and ears on everything. We don't know about every dead deer that's out there on the road or a drainage issue um, or pothole that's out there. So 1-800-FIX-ROAD is a great way to let people know. And I would say if you want to get information to us, 1-800-FIX-ROAD. If you want to get information from us, the 511PA app or on, on your, your phone, um, you can go to 511PA to get information from us. I think that's underutilized a lot of times too. We just did some upgrades to that and they're going to have information in there re- related specifically to people going to the Penn State home football games. You had that with uh, Williamsport yes. for the Little League yep. as well. And yeah. so there's going to be every time that Penn State has a home football game just because there's so much traffic that goes out there. Um, there's some uh, improvements to the system that they have now that they're going to be able to update people on the traffic specifically as it relates to the home football games. Talking a little bit about some of the construction in our area. We've got another round about coming. We've got work on the San Sui, and we have that project in Dunmore. Any time frames on all well, of and those? On, on the other roundabout coming, just so to be clear, that's one that is, is part of the um, South Valley Parkway, that there were roundabouts designed. That's a new road that's going in down there, um, and part of that, a section of it, is completely new road. Um, that's a, a roundabout that's been part of the plan. It's part of the other route. So we didn't come up with another idea for a roundabout. No, it's just new, new. Right, and yeah. so it is being constructed, um, and it'll be constructed to October 31st. Um, interestingly, um, right down the road from that, there's there's a, another roundabout that's going in that is not PennDOT-related, but um, the Hano- Hanover 9 Industrial Park. That area down there, I was, I was down there recently and looking at the warehouses and the amount of industry that's coming in down there. Big is unreal yeah and so for people who always say that you know roundabouts are not designed for trucks the private sector is looking and they they came to us and said they wanted to install a roundabout there on that so that they can get their trucks in and out much quicker Mm -hmm. and safer and so um, there are actually two roundabouts that are being constructed there one is PennDOT and that's at the corner of Prospect and Middle Road that one is being constructed right now and then um, the Hanover 9 Industrial Park is, is doing one up on South Valley Parkway into a brand new road that they're constructing back into their um, into the industrial park. For anyone who attends Luzerne Com- County Community College or Greater Nanticoke Area Schools, uh, the high school there, a reminder, especially when you come to a work zone that has a detour, follow the posted signs, not necessarily your GPS. You know, once you turn, your GPS may get you there. Um, but I went out and I followed my GPS on that sign uh, on, on the Prospect Street before it even was put in place. And my GPS, once I made the turn as if it was already being detoured, it, it led me through these like little back alleys. And you know, what we don't want is a whole bunch of students driving through somebody's back alley where the kids are playing basketball and stuff. So especially on that one, if you're going back to Luzerne County Community College, we have gone out of our way to make that um, a very clear. We have some message boards down there from, from 29, and we've, we've put all sorts of signs out there. So a reminder, follow the the signs out there, um, not necessarily your your GPS. All right. How about the Sansui? Yeah, there was a delay that came in that. It was about a week-long delay. And so because of the situation that was happening there, um, one of the, the one of the companies had um, 
looked at possibly file, filing an injunction um, to have us halt the work. So we kind of circled back around, uh, put it back out. It's still on track for the work to be done. There were some delays out there Oh, months ago, um, utilities were working on the road out there. Verizon had some issues, and, and they had the road dug up for quite a while. Many times with utilities, that the utilities will come and they're working on something, and people say it's a state road, so then you know PennDOT's responsible, or it's. Um, either a private road or it's a private contract, you know, a, a local road or a private contractor doing work. And so we run into that as well. And you know, with the utilities, one time I remember saying to my boss, we had done some work and where utilities come in as well, we hear this, that you know, we'll go out and pave a road and as soon as we pave it, I, I start, I, I know the questions that, that people have. As soon as we pave it, they come back and they, and they tear it up and they, they rip it up. And I remember saying to my boss, I said, why don't we just go to them and say, no, you're not going, we just pave this, you are not going to tear this road up again. I don't think you could. We, we can't. And, no, and so, you, you know, can't. because they come and they, you know, they'll say, well, this, what we're dealing with is the sewage system. Do you really want to tell everybody who lives on this street? They can't flush their toilets, or, you or they won't or have any have heat, lights, or you right. won't you won't have your internet. God forbid, <laughs> you know. And so you can't do that. And so it's an emergency situation. Our roads are very old. Underneath the roads is, is a system is just as old. Way there, yeah. there's way more stuff under our roads than what people realize. That we recently had State Route 92 right. down in Exeter closed. Yes. But you know, many many people came to me and said they don't understand why that is taking so long. The road is closed. Get in there, take the old pipe out, put a new one in, and be on your way. Have you ever tried to call one local utility to say, you know, I want you to come out and hook up my cable, but sometime they say, we'll be there between 7 a.m. and 2 p.m., and then they don't come and they come back the next day. That issue, and I, I wish I had it in front of me here, there were so many utilities involved in that project. It was sure. unreal. And you had situations where it was a domino effect where we had to build an access road to get down to do the work. But before we could do that, we had to move a light pole. And so PPL would come move their light pole and their, their wire. And then Verizon would come and move theirs. And then uh, Frontier, would, there were about four or five on one pole. People don't realize all the work that goes into right. everything. And that's why yep. it takes a long time. Take us to Dunmore. Yeah, let me just explain why. Why the split is in place. We are committed to maintaining two lanes of traffic on Interstate 81, especially in that area. There's 80,000 cars a day that go through there. And so the way you do that um, when you're trying to work on a bridge in the middle of the interstate that has 80,000 cars a day is you split the traffic. So when you're going through there, you'll see the crews in the middle. It's a private contractor who's out there working in the middle of the road. Um, so the splits are going to be, I, I hate to even give a timeline because when they, they're working on, I think it's nine bridges out there and they'll be working out there up until next year through 2020. And so They'll move from one bridge to, an, to another bridge, uh, northbound and southbound. I, we will keep the public posted. Um, again, if you want to get our regular updates on all of this stuff, uh, we do send out the weekly report. I know that you all get that. But again, email me, J-A-M-A-Y at PA.gov, and we can kind of keep you posted on that whole timeline because that's sort of a moving operation that they're working on all of these bridges, northbound and southbound in that area. All right. One more thing you had uh, that you wanted to mention. The governor just announced a new innovations challenge. We do this every year, but this is an opportunity for schools in the area to try to come up with some creative solutions to problems. And uh, I think it was Dallas Area High School won our contest last year. This year, they're trying to have high school students come up with ideas for solving the issue of litter and not just pass more laws and, and pick it up. To use technology, to use 
I don't know. So we're putting a challenge out to high school students as part of your school to come up with a creative solution using technology, using whatever means you can to help us deal with the litter issue. Winners, uh, there's a, a $3,000 prize. I think it's split among first through third places. And so there is some money available for the schools that they can nice. that they can win this for their school. And this is a good way for high school students to start thinking creatively, one, about how can I be involved in my community, but then also to kind of be thinking through how can I be a problem solver for issues in my community as well? Always a pleasure to have James May join us here on Special Edition. PennDOT right now has a survey on their website. It's 16 questions and it's available through October 22nd. It's about their performance during the summer road construction season. But not only construction and maintenance activity, it's also about how they communicate with you. They'd like your response. And again, you can find that on the PennDOT website through October 22nd. Don't go away. More special edition to come. Now on special edition, Joe Velahosky, firefighter and officer with the Germania Hose Company on their upcoming fundraiser. Germania Hose Company is a volunteer fire department in Duryea. Uh, we've been in existence for about 150 15 years or so. Give or take a few. Give or take a few. <laughs> um, we run with our sister hose company, Excelsior. We run all major incidents in, uh, in Duryea and a bunch of the surrounding communities. One of the things you mentioned was that you are a volunteer hose company. That's correct. We're 100% volunteer. And that's tough. It's tough in that um, not only uh, you know are we the ones that are responsible for uh, running all the calls, and whether that's um, for our department, uh, that's uh, fire calls, rescue calls. Uh, we even have water rescue. We, uh, we have a dive team that responds to routinely to uh, the five surrounding counties around Luzerne, and uh, on occasion uh, they've gone as far as uh, 100 more miles away. Um, and, you know, the volunteers, it's a small group of, of men and women, and, uh, you know, we're responsible for all the calls, but we're also uh, responsible for day-to-day uh, -day administrative running of the department, and we're the ones that are responsible for all the fundraising as well. And when it comes down to that, especially when you're dealing with volunteers, you must have a very special group of people who will give up their time in this day and age because everybody is just so busy. Yeah, we've got, we've got a really good bunch of folks uh, in both the departments, but of course I'm a little biased towards ours. We've got folks that uh, you know give up uh, not only time, but sometimes their own money just depends on, on the situation. And, uh, you know, we, we unfortunately have to do a, a lot of training. We have to do a lot of fundraising anymore uh, on top of running our calls. And, uh, you know, last year uh, we ran somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 350 to 400 emergency responses. So we're not the busiest company in the county by any stretch, but um, we're not running once or twice a month either. But when someone needs you, They expect that's... us to be there then and right on the spot. They, expe they expect us to uh, to be you know, pretty immediately available. Um, and luckily, uh, there's not a whole lot of calls that we can't answer. We're, we're pretty good about getting at least some personnel uh, to almost uh, almost every response. Let's talk a little bit about your fundraiser. The uh, third annual Wine Fest, uh, and it's coming up uh, September 28th, which is a Saturday. We're going to run from uh, 1 p.m. until 6 p.m. Uh, we've got, uh, I believe we have nine wineries at this point. We've also got um, two uh, local breweries are going to come in, in, uh, and participate. Uh, we have one uh, vendor that uh, does mead. 
which is which is which is interesting love Um, me he's been participating for a couple of years now so yeah we should uh, we expect to have a really good time where's it going to be it's going to be in germania host company grounds which is 430 foot avenue in durier the uh, festival itself takes part uh, or takes place uh, on our paved lot uh, right at the fire department and we have a a a really big uh, uh, piece of property uh, with a lot of parking available and what time Uh, we're going to run 1 p.m until 6 p.m Tickets, uh, advanced sale tickets, 20 bucks uh, at the door, 25 For advanced sale, uh, you can get them from any host company member, or you can also go online uh, and go on our Facebook page, which is Germania Host Company. Um, and there's a link to the Wine Fest, and on the link to the Wine Fest, there's another link to buy tickets. And what about as far as food is concerned? Sure, we have, uh, right now we have two food vendors coming, working on getting a third. And there's also... Uh, we also have a lot of um, uh, craft vendors, and uh, some of the craft vendors actually sell some uh, uh, some snack items and those types of things as well. Nice. So it's going to be a full day. Yeah, it will be a full day. We have live entertainment. Spraza Band's going to be there playing for us most of the day. We also, interestingly, uh, you know, there's a, a new trend around uh, that folks have been seeing a little bit of, and we're going to have them. Uh, we have axe throwing. Axe Attack is coming to, uh, to help us out, and um, they're going to have a, a booth set up, probably with two lanes, uh, for folks to uh, try their hand at... Uh, doing some damage on some wood they run a really good job they uh nice little safety briefing and they have everything set up so that uh, the likelihood of getting hurt is is almost none we don't expect anything to happen we expect to have a real good time over 21 really is what we're targeting yeah uh, the community in Duray is a is a pretty good bunch of folks and and we tend to help each other out as much as we can mm-hmm. you're also raising awareness most folks um, at least in my opinion uh they know what the fire department does to a point. Um, I don't think a lot of folks, uh, until you get into it, and I was this way before I started uh, participating, you don't quite realize, um, number one, the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes, the amount of training, and to be very honest, you don't really realize the cost of what we do. The uh, equipment that we use, the uh, apparatus that we use, uh, even just our building and grounds maintenance, uh, it runs a lot of money. We have to pay insurance. Uh, We are lucky in that our borough uh, covers our workers' comp insurance for us, but we still have to pay vehicle and building and liability insurance. Um, we have to pay, you know, just like everybody else, uh, power and gas and all that sort of stuff. Um, on top of just the emergency responses, there's a lot of other things that go on. This is really important. It's extremely important. And, you know, um, we are uh, committed and dedicated to staying there for the people of Durier and the people of the surrounding communities as much as we possibly can. It's more and more difficult every year. Uh, volunteers are less and less available. Uh, certainly that uh, we have our, we're asking for money quite a bit from uh, especially the people in Duryea, but we want to try to give them something back for their investment. Uh, we have a, a pancake breakfast in February that uh, is the same deal. You know, we'll sell tickets for that, but you're going to come and you're going to get a really good meal for uh, eight or nine dollars or whatever we end up uh, Tickets being this year, I think they were eight bucks last year. And then again, it's a lot of fun. It is. I mean, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun for everybody. How about the volunteers? What does it take? We're always looking for folks to volunteer. Um, and you don't necessarily have to be an active firefighter to volunteer with us. Uh, you know, we can uh, certainly uh, use folks who are uh, good at organizing things or good at fundraising or good at administrative tasks as well. As I said, we're always looking for volunteers. And if anybody's interested, uh, they can certainly contact the department or uh, you can just uh, show up if you want at our trustees meeting, uh, which is uh, generally the first Wednesday of every month. 
even somebody to just help at a fire scene with traffic control. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the job of our fire police. And mm-hmm. and if you're interested in doing something like that and you want to come in there, again, there's always training for it. Uh, we're looking for it. maybe you're interested in water rescue and you don't necessarily want to fight fires. We you know certainly be uh, more than happy to talk to you about that. Let's give them once again the rundown, Joe, the where, the when, sure. as far as the upcoming wine fest. Absolutely. So the where is going to be at the fire department grounds, 430 Foot Avenue in Durier. Uh, the when is Saturday, September 28th, running from 1 to 6. Tickets uh, $20 in advance, 25 at the door. Also, if you're interested and you don't want to necessarily come up and uh, drink a lot of wine, um, there is a designated driver ticket available. We do encourage folks to, you know, we want you to drink responsibly. We don't want to see you come up to wine fest and then leave and have a problem so uh either bring a designated driver or arrange your ride home ahead of time and uh, nine wineries uh mead uh, a couple of breweries a lot of craft vendors food vendors live music that's gonna be a good day Thanks again to Joe Velahosky from the Germania Hose Company with the details about their upcoming fundraiser on Saturday, September 28th, their Wine Fest. Now, coming up, it is Survivor's Day. Amanda Marcajani is the Community Relations Coordinator with the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute. This is our 27th annual wow. Cancer Survivors Day. Amazing. The event has changed over the years. The 28th of September is our Kirby Park event. There will be registration at 10 a.m. until t- about 10.30. And then the main portion of it is called the Circle of Survivors. So everyone in attendance will stand in a circle and you have the opportunity to share something about your cancer experience. It's a really cathartic kind of morning, and it's not just for current patients uh, or survivors. It's anyone that's really been affected by a cancer diagnosis. We know that someone going through cancer, it doesn't just affect them. It affects their entire family and their whole network. So we encourage family members, survivors, doctors, healthcare professionals, just anyone. I mean, we've all at this point been affected unfortunately by cancer but this is a day for everyone to come together and have that networking opportunity you might meet someone that has a ribbon on that had breast cancer that you you don't know and you can have a conversation with them and feel like you're not alone Um, our mission is to ease the burden of cancer and this event really fulfills our mission and we just want people to come Um, it's free there's no there's no fees for it we just want individuals to have a space and a resource um, and we'll have staff on hand as well if anyone has questions related to cancer so if you're going to start uh, at 10 o'clock at Kirby Park what's going to happen after um, you mentioned the the circle then what do you have planned for the rest of the time the people are together after that we'll have some light refreshments and then it really is that networking opportunity for people to chat not everyone speaks when they're in the circle circle and that is obviously the individual's choices so you might hear a story or something that someone says that might have spoke to you and then you can have that time to further delve in with with that individual or individuals so um, it, it really is just about the conversation and networking aspect there's you know, if you don't want to say anything in the circle, that is completely fine. You know, we just want to welcome everyone to this event uh, and let everyone know that we're we're a resource and um, they don't have to go through this journey alone. And probably one of the nicest things about the Survivor's Day is that you have people that come back. Yes. Oh, that's we amazing. We have a lot of returners, which it's a joy to see them year after year. 
Uh, and it just gives us an opportunity to thank them for everything that they do and supporting the Cancer Institute and, and, and really, you know, to see that they have come out on the other side and are doing well. If you want to share something about your experience, there will be individuals that will start the circle. Uh, and then you can, again, you can choose to speak or not. Um, you can tell us something sorrow perhaps, or something that uplifted you and others and people that you've met along your journey. So it's really up to uh, kind of how you feel. So how long do you expect the day to go? The, the day should usually end by noon. It may be a little bit sooner, just depending on the amount of attendees that we have. But everyone's welcome to stay until until noon and have conversations, have some coffee and refreshments. At Kirby Park, the one track area that they have in between where one of the universities has their football stadium. So yeah. it'll be in that parking lot. And there'll also be signage there as well. So oh. just to let them know they're in the right spot. A few years ago, I, I like to mention this story. There was a woman that was dropping off a camera for her husband who was playing in a softball league on that particular day. She wasn't aware of our organization or what was going on, but she actually came over to the event and spoke in the circle. And that was the first time she publicly spoke about someone in her family that had been um, diagnosed with cancer. So it, it was a really, a really cool moment for us to be able to coincidentally help this individual that really didn't plan on being part of the event. So we encourage all of those individuals to come um, because we're all learning. You know, we're learning about cancer. We're learning about other people's stories. And that could be something that you could say in that circle might be the turning point for someone else or have a new friend out of that experience or just a really good conversation that morning that might help you get through the day if you're currently battling or, you know, you can share that story with the person that you know is battling or is, is also a survivor. Um, so, yeah, it really just does continue the momentum of storytelling and, and helping our community members. The Northeastern Regional Cancer Institute also does colon cancer awareness, but that's not until March. That's not until March, yes. Although it should be all the time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. March is, is Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. So we have our casual day event. It is our biggest awareness and fundraising campaign. And really the importance is about early detection and screening for colon cancer. So... You know, we want people to get screened. We know that that can help save lives in that particular type of cancer. We know that there's uh, not every cancer has some sort of viable tool that we can use. But um, with colon cancer, you do have the ability to get screened for that. So we do, we sell t-shirts and pins and wristbands, but really in each piece of the fundraising portion, it really is about the education. Having a casual conversation with your family member or friend about the early detection and screening for that. The prep. Eh, no biggie. Right. You know, there are other tools out there for screening than a colonoscopy. So just talk to your healthcare professional uh, about what is the best test for you. Oftentimes, you know, with a family history, there may be screenings done earlier than age 50, but really just talk to your healthcare professional and, and they can guide you in the right direction. For those of us who like a nap, that's the best. We look. I look forward to that. You get a ride home. You get a ride home. You get a nap. It's and you have peace that. of mind yes. as well. Now, you do have something coming up in November, which you're 
involved with. Yes, it's our Spirit of Hope celebration. This is done by a board of ambassadors. Uh, The board chair, his name is Leo Vernetti. He's well-known in the community, and they've been working with the Cancer Institute for many years now. They've raised more than $380,000 for the Cancer Institute through this event, and the board of ambassadors is community leaders from all different types of organizations in our community, and there is a live auction, a silent auction, there's food stations, there's music, and it really is a celebratory night and and provides, again, that hope for people. We do have an honoree, and this year the honoree, his name is Ryan Robeson. Many may be familiar that he was the individual that was in the full firefighter gear at the Scranton Half Marathon this year trying to achieve a world record. We are so happy to have him uh, through, through his work, he has helped individuals through a foundation for firefighters that have been affected by cancer. So we're really excited to hear Ryan come and speak and, and provide hope to others and, and just the impact that he made on the whole community. He worked so hard um, to honor his, his father and his family and to really just show what he was made of. So that will be November 8th. It's a Friday evening. It's from 7 until 1030. And it's at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Do you, how do we find you folks? You can go on our website, which is cancernepa.org. You can call our office, which is 570-941-7984. Or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute. Who Survivor's Day is coming up. Again, Saturday, September 28th from 10 until noon, we'll be at Kirby Park. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A production of Intercom Communications. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.